The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and we are in the midst of a series titled Christian Healing. Uh, I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. I have requested that everyone who is following along with this series, Christian Healing, actually get the book, Christian Healing by Charles Fillmore. You can get the book, uh, hard copy or soft uh, cover copies. You can order it over your phone, like 99 cent or something like that. I mean, it's through Play Store or or the I, uh, Apple Store. You can uh, download PDF versions online. They're out there floating free versions. There's a way to get this book one way or another. So I'm requesting that everyone get the book and you read ahead. So. As I'm letting you know, I'm covering this chapter. Just read the next chapter or better yet, read the whole book and then go back and review the chapters as I'm teaching them. The reason why this is so important is we need to be mindful that we have to integrate uh, these principles into our consciousness in a way to where they become habit. They become mental habit. They become action. In other words, we're being driven subconsciously to, to think, believe and act and, and speak in a certain way that's in alignment with the principles espoused in the book, not because they're in this book and not because Charles Fillmore wrote them. Um, we're not fundamentalists of Fillmore. We're not fundamentalists of any book. What we are doing is learning universal principles that he's espousing, that he's presenting to uh, humanity through obviously the years of work that unity has done and the material that he pulled from that he worked with along with what God gave him. And if it's usable, then do something with it. You know, one of the things that I love about Fillmore is that he tells you that they don't ask you to believe anything you can't practically demonstrate, which I love. So you take a look at it, you work with the principles and, you know, When you're in an environment and you look at your mind as a laboratory and your life as a laboratory, you start putting certain things together in the lab. Like they start mixing chemicals and they start getting results. When you start mixing ideas and you get certain results, 
then you can start saying whether a thing works or doesn't work. But when you don't even apply it, don't even think about it, don't even put the concentration, focus, and mental discipline necessary to carry forth the thing, then it's very challenging to say if a thing will work or not. It's sort of, you know, what what we don't want, or I hope we don't want, is for us to be Monday morning quarterbacks of truth. And what that means is people who talk about the game but don't play the game. Actually work with the material, study the material, pray and meditate on the material. If you can find a local center or something online that actually teaches the principles from a person who's an expert, because I believe in expertise. In other words, a good teacher can help accelerate your spiritual growth. I'm a big believer in that because I, I'm an example of that. You know, you know, the, the teachers that taught me, I still refer to them as hey teacher or whatever when I see them because I always will acknowledge the people who help me and are helping me develop because Lord knows I'm not a finished product. So those who invest in me and invest in my spiritual growth and development, I think it's important to, to acknowledge. But also it was it, it was and it is important for me to be a good student and mentally evaluate what's being taught. Why is it being taught? Uh and then as I, as the scripture says, think on these things, I can start processing, understanding, comprehending that which has been presented to me and either accept, morph based upon my understanding, uh, change, dismiss or whatever. But I'm doing the thinking. But sometimes you have to have somebody to push you sort of like a, a trainer. You go to the gym. You know, you can work out with a trainer. I remember the last time I worked out with a trainer, that young lady had me to the point of believing that I was about to make my transition because (laughs) she worked me out so hard. And but after it was over, my body felt really good because she stretched and pushed my limits. What I thought were my limits were not my limits. She helped me create new limits physically. And a good teacher of metaphysics, a good teacher of spirituality, a good teacher of your religious tradition helps you stretch the limits of your consciousness because there are no limits except for the self-imposed beliefs we have in consciousness. So when our minds are stretched, we can we can express more. We can be more because is 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 the uh, in the in the scriptures and chronicles when Jabez says enlarge my territory well metaphysically territory is consciousness so we want to enlarge our territory and one of the ways we enlarge our territory is by making sure that we study with somebody who has worked with the material in other words i think i said this last week um when les brown said to me even michael jack michael jordan needed phil jackson michael jordan is the best basketball player that has ever lived, transcendent talent. But even he needed a Phil Jackson to help accelerate his growth. He might have got there anyway, but Phil helped him, helped the Scottie Pippen and et cetera, uh, maximize their God-given talent. And working with, with classes, working online with shows like this or other things, 
going to workshops, going to seminars, doing the reading, doing your prayer work, doing your meditation work. These uh, are tools that can help accelerate your spiritual development. Anyway, so let's get to the book. Today we're on lesson six or chapter six, uh, page 61. And the title of the chapter is The Word the word and this chapter has a lot of heavy metaphysics in it well you know it's charles Fillmore, so it is what it is but the very first sentence in this chapter really sets the tone he writes in pure metaphysics there is but one word the word of god so we need to stop right there because one of the things he's trying to make sure people understand is Metaphysics can be taught at many levels, but he's saying in pure metaphysics, what I like to call butt naked God, in pure metaphysics, when you remove the the culture, the language, the, the rituals, and all of the things that we put on religion and spirituality, all these concepts of God that have nothing to do with God, all of the our personal human likes and dislikes that are based upon the where we were born, when we were born, how we were raised, et cetera, and the traditions of that culture. When we remove all of those things out of the way and start to use, as Fillmore would say, honest logic and pure reason, we get to the conversation of pure metaphysics, pure metaphysics in Pure metaphysics, there is but one word, the word of God. Now, what is that word? He goes on to explain. This is the original creative word or thought of being, being capital B meaning God or divine mind or spirit, the original creative word or thought of being. Another way of saying this would be the um, the, 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 the idea you know, in other words, uh, in some of Fillmore's writings, he uses the term ideation. In other words, God creates through the idea. So what is the original thought? What is the original word? What is the original idea in divine mind? That's key. So he says, it is the God said of Genesis. It is the God said. So in the in the book of Genesis, after you get past the first verse in the beginning, God created the heavens or the earth. Now, remember, this is allegorical. So don't get caught up into the history of trying to make this work with dinosaurs and, and your history books. It's allegorical. The issue comes into play is, is this is a way of showing how mind action works, how divine mind works, how universal law works, how principle works. So when it says... God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be firmament. And God said, what this, what Fillmore is saying is the God said is the original creative word or thought or ideation in divine mind. Hmm. So, so God is not some big human being up there somewhere speaking out of a mouth with vocal cords. This is the divine intent of spirit. 
It's another way of looking at it. He goes on to say it is referred to in the first chapter of John as the Lagos. All right. And and Lagos shows up in a lot of words. Like normally it's at the end of words like theology or philosophy, you know, because it means the word or words. So theology, theo meaning God. So theology would be word about God or words about God or thought about God. So everybody has a theology because everybody has thoughts about God. Even people who reject or don't believe in God, atheists have thoughts about God. They have a theology, uh, cosmology, you know, etc. It's words that are used over and over again. And if you look, you'll see that L-O-G-Y at the end instead of L-O-G-O-S, Lagos, but it's the same word. All right. He goes on to say, it cannot be adequately translated into English. In the original, it includes wisdom, judgment, power, and in fact, all the inherent potentialities of being or God. Fillmore says in the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary on page 150 that the Christ is the composite idea that contains all the ideas of God or divine mind. So all of the love, the wisdom, the power, the substance, etc., all of the divine ideas of God as potential, as potentialities, as he says here, as possibilities, exist within the one word, Christ, I am, or creative power. So, Here's the thing that I really want you to connect to. That word includes you. You are that word. Not just a Jesus. Not just God said in the the first chapter of Genesis. But understand that this is the creative power within you as your true I am nature or spiritual identity. And I know at times when large statements like this or heavy statements like this are are said by New Thought teachers or teachers of other brands of metaphysics, sometimes it's hard to swallow because we look at our everyday lives, quote unquote, and we wonder how can we reconcile who we are spiritually to what we're dealing with? Well, You know, as we teach in the Johnny Coleman Institute in basic truth principles, the primary cause of suffering is forgetfulness. What have we forgotten? We forgot that we're spiritual beings with dominion over our thoughts and feelings. We've forgotten that completely. And because we're functioning at a level of spiritual amnesia, our experiences don't reconcile necessarily always with the potential that's within us. The potential. The potential to be be more, have more, and do more is within us. Now, doing it is another conversation. Totally different conversation. So I, I just want you to just, just play with the idea. Not even say, I can accept this completely. I know it. Just play with it. Is it possible that this can be true? He goes on to say, that the 
divine mind creates under law that is mental law man may get a comprehension of the creative process of being by analyzing the action of his own mind so since god works through law this creative power we learn how to work with this creative power by understanding how our consciousness works how our mind works how our awareness of being works all right next paragraph it states According to Genesis and all other mystical writings bearing upon creation, divine mind expresses its word. And through the activity of that word, the universe is brought forth. Fourth, man is the consummation of the word and his spirit has within it the concentration of all that is contained within the word. So here's the thing. When you start talking metaphysics at a level, you have to use language that seems to speak of more than one when you're only talking about one, but we're talking about aspects. So God, the word, the Holy Spirit, law, principle, etc., is still talking about one God in different aspects. You know, as Paul wrote in, in the first uh, Corinthians, there's one body, but many members. Well, there's one spirit, but many individualizations of that same spirit, seven billion people on the planet. And that's not counting uh, other forms of life. But there's only one life, the life of God that expresses through. There's only one mind in a sense, one intelligence, wisdom or knowing that expresses through all of creation, whether through intelligence, inspiration, intuition or instinct. But it's still one in one mind. So the reason why we have to use language like what well, God is in the word and the word is within you is to try to build the mind up to accept it. Because in all actuality, the only thing that really has to happen out of the process is found in the original version of New Thought Christian by William Walsh when you would open the second chapter to where is the Christ, as soon as you turn the page it says where is the Christ, it was an arrow pointing to the reader that was the whole conversation well, if you, but if you stop there, will people really get a comprehension? No so they use language like this so we're coming up on our first break and I want to make sure that you know if you have any questions or comments, you can call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Also, uh, be reminded that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you're on Facebook, like the page, um, share it with others so we can help spread this message. Um, when we come back, we're going to get more into the book. So we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. 
Wellness expert, Dr. Michelle Robin on healthy living. In the game of wellness, there's some basic habits that you need to embrace in order to live a well life. In her book, Wellness on a Shoestring, Robin shows you that complete wellness of body, mind, and spirit doesn't have to cost a fortune. Client Eddie Penrice turned his health around with Dr. Robin's Seven Habits for a Healthy Life. I've got to say my body just embraced the change. Besides feeling better, looking better, thinking more clearly. Many of Robin's seven habits for a healthy life are simple and free. She offers tips and shares real stories from clients like Eddie, who've incorporated the habits into their lives and seen the results. You can make this change by being convicted that you will do it, that you don't need anyone else's assistance or help to do it. Make this the year you get healthy. Discover a low-cost, attainable path to feeling better than ever. Order wellness on a shoestring today at www.shopunity.org. Pop culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful? Spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're in the midst of the series Christian Healing by Charles Fillmore, and we're still on page 61. So I was mentioning about how we use language to try to explain uh, oneness, sameness, which is not necessarily always easy. But we use the language to help build people up in consciousness, you know, Everybody can't just start reading, you know, Joe Goldsmith and, you know, and Neville, you know, heavy, heavy metaphysical uh, writers, uh, Alfred Aiken, you know, people who just oneness. That's what it is. Don't worry about affirmations and denials. Don't worry about whatever. Just know and be and et cetera. And that's that. And what I try to tell people is this. Some people need to take the elevator to the top floor. Some people can take the steps. And then there are those who can just jump to the to the roof. And if you can jump, great. But the majority of people need to take the elevator or the steps. And I think what um, some of the writers of metaphysics, the you know uh, the, the Joseph Murphys, the Emmy Foxes, to a lesser extent, Fillmore. But I think Fillmore created the foundation for a lot of it. Ernest Holmes, et cetera, is they put steps and techniques in to help people evolve to where they want them to be. In other words, if you have a good metaphysical foundation, the the mystical nature of the teachings will evolve themselves. But if you start off with high-level mysticism and you don't have a metaphysical background, your mind can start going all over all over the place. And more importantly, you might not be able to duplicate demonstration. So it's really important to have a base. And what Fillmore is giving in this book, in my opinion, is the basics of metaphysics 
So you can always go back, read it and study it. Again, I'm not trying to teach the whole chapter. What I'm trying to do is just highlight some points and get you studying. Because if you if you're studying, if you're working with the inner teacher, the real teacher, and I would say the only teacher, which is the spirit of God within you, then the outer quote unquote teacher, the facilitator, preacher, minister, uh, or you know, group leader, coach, or whatever, can help help you. But the inner teacher is that which guides you. All right, back to the book. He says at the uh, bottom of the page, um, as he talked about. Um, many things. He says, page 61, the perfect word of God is spiritual man. It is through spiritual man or the word of God that all things are made and are brought into manifestation. He quotes the book of John and without him, not anything that anything made hath been made. The word is the only begotten of God because there is but one idea in divine mind and that idea is the perfect path pattern of man's character. So when I start talking about the word being who you really are, spiritual man was a term that Fillmore used for the spiritual you, not the what you call the physical human you. You know, there's a spiritual aspect of us. There's a mental or soul aspect of us. And then there is a physical aspect of us. We're threefold beings. Well, Fillmore used the term spiritual man not in the sense of gender, because man was just a generic term when he was using it, to explain our spiritual nature and spiritual capacity. So when he says the spiritual man is the word of God, he's saying that your spiritual identity is the original creative word. And Jesus was the example, expression, or conscious manifestation of this spiritual man. So that's why he has the title Jesus Christ, not because Christ is his last name, because Christ is the title of divine sonship in spirit. You got to get that. So Jesus Christ is like saying, or Christ Jesus as some of the metaph- old metaphysicians used to say, Christ Jesus means God-man. Christ is the perfect pattern. The I am, the word, the seed. Jesus is the understanding of that seed, of that pattern, of that spiritual identity. And Jesus Christ is the manifestation of that idea, of that word of that spiritual identity, of that seed, of the I am. So when a person demonstrates their Christ nature, they're they're Jesus Christ in expression, not Jesus of Nazareth. We're talking metaphysics now. Jesus of Nazareth was a human being that lived in a certain stage and age who perfectly Oh, and the word perfect is relative. I'm just using old metaphysical terminology who so fully expressed his Christ nature that those early Jewish monotheistic Jewish uh, followers of his could not think of divinity, could not think of God without thinking of him because he so fully expressed the God nature. So when people saw him, they saw that divinity. 
See, what that means is when you start to work with your spirituality at a high level and it starts to express, you embody it. In other words, your consciousness so reflects your divinity, your spirituality, to not only does it transform your life, it becomes a source of transformation for others as well. So when they're in your space, when they're in your consciousness, or when you're working with them through prayer, through uh, whatever, you actually, uh, they actually become, for lack of terms, uh, a temporary boost in consciousness because they're expressing God at such a high level, it inspires you. You know, um, not to toot my own teacher's horn, but I'm about to. I can still remember the day I heard the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman like it was yesterday coming to Christ Universal Temple. And when I heard her speak, my soul knew it was at home. I didn't understand metaphysics. I didn't understand all the conversation about what that meant and what it didn't mean. Uh, New thought, Christianity, et cetera, et cetera. I was as basic of a beginner as a basic beginner could be. But the level of spirituality that was expressed, and for me, it expressed as power. Now, for other people, might it might be different. They, their experience, that concept or their experience of her might be different. But for me, when I encountered her, it came across as this person is speaking with such authority. She knows what she's talking about. She isn't preaching something out of her tradition. She's preaching her soul. She knows that this stuff works. So when she said, get in the class, that same Sunday, I went and signed up for a class. Same Sunday. Because the influence of her spirituality. Why am I saying this? You can be that space with the people around you. Not by trying to evangelize, quote unquote, but by being truth at such a high level that your demonstration evangelizes. In other words, draws people to what you're learning and doing. You can have that level of, of uh, you can have such a high level of consciousness that when you enter into a space, it transforms it. I just want you to really be present to you can be the the visible manifestation of the the aspects of God to such an extent that when people are around you or when people think about you or when people hear your voice, it shifts them mentally and physically. And I know that that's something to think about. So your demonstration of truth is not just for you. 
it's for others as well. As Jesus told his disciple Thomas, when Thomas said, Jesus, when will you show us the Father? And Thomas said, how long have you been with me and you didn't understand? When you see me, you see the Father. Not a big guy up, up there somewhere with a robe and a long beard. When you see me, you see the original creative word, thought, or idea of being. When you see me, you see life, love, wisdom, power, and substance. When you see me, you see God's will in expression. When you see me, you see the awareness of Christ consciousness. When you see me, you see the healing. When you see me, you see the prosperity. When you see me, you see the peace. When you see me, you see the joy of the Lord. When you see me, you see all things are being done decently and in order. When you see me, you see faith that moves mountains. When you see me, you see the love that harmonizes, balances, and transforms everything that it touches. When you see me, you see the Father. The question is, what do people see when they see you? A better question is, what do you see when you see you? Because we have a responsibility to not only be the light, as Jesus stated, for the but to let our light shine, not hide it, let it shine. So others may see our good works and glorify God. In other words, lift God up in consciousness so they can make the same demonstrations. Back to the book, page 62. I hope I get past the first couple of pages. This chapter is fantastic. Um, First full paragraph, he writes, the creations of the word of God are permanent and incorruptible. As an imitator of divine mind, meaning with the image and likeness, the individualization of God, he says, as an imitator of divine mind, man or humankind, has power to form and make manifest whatsoever he idolizes. In other words, what you are holding as the ideal, as you're holding as a patterning and thought, you have the power to form and make manifest. That's what he's saying. Why? Because of who you are spiritually. He says, but unless his thought is unified with divine mind and guided in its operations by infinite wisdom, his thought, excuse me, infinite wisdom, his thought forms are perishable. In other words, we're building temporal 
manifestations that don't necessarily hold up to the quote unquote appearances of life. What does that mean? Let me let let me make that plain because I don't want you to miss it. Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount that he who hears my words and uh, he who he who hears my word and follows it or practices it or does them is a lot of ways to translate it. He who hears my words and practices them is like a man who built his house on a rock. And when the winds, rains, and the storms come and beat on that house, it shall not fall, for it was built on the rock. That's the principle. You're building on divine law. You're you're using the power of consciousness, of thought, of belief to form and shape based upon the perfect pattern in spirit. He says, but he who hears my words and, do, and does not follow them is like a man who built his house on sand. You still can build the house. The house is consciousness. He says, and when the rains, the water, the floods, and the storms come and beat on that house, great was the fall because we built stuff that could not stand up to the the changes of life, the variables of life. And I'm using life not in the context of God, but in in the context of 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 living in a three dimensional physical world, three dimensional. All right, uh, and when we build on spirit, it doesn't make a difference what comes along. If it's built on spirit, it will stand. If your health is built on spirit, it will stand. If your money is built on spirit, it will stand. If anything that you are building in consciousness is built on spirit, it will stand. But if it's built on the shifting opinions and beliefs that I like and don't like and wish this and don't wish that and et cetera. Then when the rains come and the floods come and the, and the winds come and beat on it, it'll fall. If, if and this is coming, so I don't know why. So maybe this is for somebody that's listening to this. If both, uh, people in a marriage are, building their marriage on spirit, both, not one, both, then it'll stand. But when outside pressures and money pressures and likes and dislikes and personality quirks and all this other stuff comes into play, it's more challenging to make something stand when it's not built on a rock. The issue comes into play is, what is it built on? What is it built on? Now, before we go to our last break, let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So go to unity.fm and click on the donate button to help support this online ministry. If you're online, you, you can, it's easy to go. You can see it. It's right there if you're online listening live. If you're listening later via podcast through iTunes or Stitcher, just go to unity.fm, Unity, which is Unity Online Radio. Click on the donate button and help support this online ministry so we can give this message or send this message around the world. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. In 
his new book, What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug, Daryl Fuzaro emphasizes the positive effects of applying unity principles in everyday situations. Laura Harvey, editor of Daily Word magazine, exclaims Daryl Fuzaro shares his life lessons with inspiring creativity. This book is encouraging, funny, and heartwarming, a combination I highly recommend. As co-host of Unity Online Radio's Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, Daryl's old-school charm and no-nonsense approach to spirituality keep a global audience laughing and inspired. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug? Is loaded with Daryl's hilarious, award-winning illustrations and packs his wit and wisdom into easy-to-digest, bite-sized stories of how he transforms chaos into tranquility and succeeds in the entertainment business by doing the opposite of everyone else. What if Godzilla just wanted a hug is a pocket Bible encouraging the talented and timid to trust their gut, act on their intuition, and step out boldly. Even if you just bought it for the chapter titles and Daryl Fuzaro's illustrations alone, you'd be getting more than your money's worth with this book. Author and film critic Sister Rose Pucati says, Spending time with Fuzaro's stories will leave you no choice but to smile and carry on. Oh, he forgot to mention he hangs out with a group of nuns, but then, if he had, it would have necessitated a change to some of his more colorful adjectives. Have fun ordering your copy of What If Godzilla Just Wanted a Hug today on Amazon.com. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things. As she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm teaching the book Christian Healing, and I'm jumping to page 63 just so I can get off of page 62 and 61. Uh, In the book, in the first uh, paragraph, he writes, every thought that goes forth from the brain sends vibrations into the surrounding atmosphere and moves the realm of things to action. So one of the things he's trying to let you know is that you're an energetic being. One of the definitions of thought is mental impulse or vibration. So to think is to emit mental energy. So He's saying every time you think, every thought. See, here's the thing. He didn't say some thoughts. He didn't say the thoughts you like. He said every thought 
that goes forth from the brain sends vibrations. We can just stop right there. Every thought that goes forth from the brain sends vibration into the surrounding atmosphere and moves the realm of things to action. So through the through thought, you are actually affecting your atmosphere and environment. How does that land for you? You know, um, in the book, The Spontaneous Healing of Belief, uh, the, the author, which is Greg Braden, he talks about it um, in the introduction. He writes about science and some of the things that people are studying in quantum physics. He writes, the universe, this is in the introduction, page 13 of the introduction, uh, Roman numeral 13. The universe, our world, and our bodies are made of a shared field of energy that was scientifically recognized in the 20th century and is now identified by names that include the field, the quantum hologram, the mind of God, nature's mind, and the divine matrix. He's telling you how your thought affects stuff. He says, in the field of the divine matrix, things that have been connected physically and then separated as if, excuse me, in the field of the divine matrix, things that have been connected physically and then separated act as if they are still linked through a phenomenon known as entanglement. So he's saying that when scientists study things that were once together and then they separate it, they still act as if they're together because there's something that connects them. All right. He goes on to say um, in the book that. When we shift our beliefs about our bodies and our world, the divine matrix translates that change into the reality of our lives. And so one in this book is about healing as well. So he writes with these and similar discoveries in mind, we must ask ourselves the question that is perhaps the most revealing of all. Are we born with the natural ability to create and modify our bodies and the world? If so, then what? then we must be willing to pose an even more difficult question. What responsibility do we have to use our power in the presence of what we are uh, dealing with in the world? I'm not going to read all of that because it's a long question. So one of the things that he talks about in this book, which I'm going to just lightly touch and then get back to Charles Fillmore, is he, he, he states, we live our lives based on what we believe about our world, ourselves, our capabilities, and our limits. I'm going to read that again because Fillmore is teaching the same thing, and I really want you to get this. He says, we live, this is on page two, we live our lives based on what we believe our world, ourselves, our capabilities, and our limits. In other words, we are living our life based upon what we think is possible. All right. So. Uh, so he says, if our beliefs hold so much power and, and if we live our lives based on what we believe, then the obvious question is, where do our beliefs come from? He says, with few exceptions, they originate in with what science, history, religion, culture and family tells us. In other words, the essence of our capabilities and limits may well be based in what other people tell us. That realization leads to the next question that we must ask ourselves. If our lives are based on what we believe, 
then what if those beliefs are wrong? That doesn't mean all the beliefs. And now let me be clear. They're beliefs and then they're facts. They're facts that we study in history and things of that nature. They're facts like gravity and water boils at 212 degrees and all that type of stuff. But then there's beliefs about the capacity and capa- or capabilities of humankind. And we need to be mindful that we don't have to be limited to those beliefs. We need to be mindful of that. And we are connected in a way that allows us to literally shift and change the atmosphere of what we're dealing with. Now, I was going to read some more stuff out of this book, but because I'm behind on the Charles Fillmore stuff, I'm going to let it be. You can look that up on your own. The Spontaneous Healing of Belief, Shattering the Paradigm of False Limits by Greg Brayton. So I'm going back to what I just read. Every thought that goes forth from the brain sends vibrations into the surrounding atmosphere and moves the realm of things to action. Every thought. Thoughts are things. Thoughts are potentialities. So when you are thinking, you are forming. When you are thinking, you are shaping. When you are thinking, you are vibrating. When you are thinking, you are changing the atmosphere. He says the effect is in proportion to the ability of the thinker to concentrate his mental forces. This is why some people's thoughts and words are more powerful than others. Not because they have more God, it's because they have the ability to concentrate that which they are doing. So, you know, it's the difference between throwing a bullet at a target versus shooting it out of a gun. It's the same bullet. But the gun concentrates the the force of that tiny tiny projectile to allow and it allows it to penetrate. Well, as you evolve in consciousness, your evolved consciousness functions sort of like the chamber. For And I'm using I know an example for those who don't like gun analogies It's still an analogy. Please don't get stuck in the example. The 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 chamber creates force that pushes the projectile out in a way that allows it to penetrate. The focused spiritual consciousness allows the spiritual intent, will, or ideas of God to penetrate into your life, world, and affairs. He says again, the effect is in proportion to the ability of the thinker to concentrate his mental forces. This is why some people speak the word of healing and healing happens. They speak the word of prosperity and it happens. They speak the word of peace and it happens. Why? Because of the mental ability of the practitioner. He he goes on to say the average thought vibration produces but temporary results but under intense Mind activity conditions more or less permanent are impressed upon the sensitive plate of the universal ether. Now, Fillmore used the term ether, which is an old scientific term that people no longer use anymore because it had holes in it. But the reason why I read the divine matrix before that, I mean, the spontaneous healing of belief was to explain that quantum physics explains what Fillmore was trying to explain with the word ether. All right. So, and he says, and through this activity, they are brought into 
manif physical manifestation. So in the context of healing, because this is what this series is about, Christian healing, spiritual healing, as you start to work with these principles, as you start to do your prayer work, your meditation work, your study work, your whatever, sometimes it takes concentrated effort to do it. Like Jacob wrestling with God in the wilderness saying, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. We have to at times step away, set aside time, go away somewhere else to really take our own spiritual sabbatical to refocus and recalibrate the mind so we can intensely concentrate just on that which we choose to demonstrate. Sometimes it's great to have your meditation room and your meditation chair in your home and things of that nature. At times it's necessary to get away. And when you're not looking at responsibilities, this needs to be clean. This needs to be changed. This needs to be done. This needs to be whatever. And get out of the routine and say, you know what? I need a massive demonstration. Maybe I need to go to a weekend workshop where I'm there all day, three or four or five days. Maybe you need to take a week away and just go learn and work with meditation or visioning or prayer or goals or, you know, how to work your dreams or whatever. What I'm saying is you got to get intense with it. How hungry are you for what it is that you say you want to demonstrate? You're not going to be lackadaisical towards the demonstration of your Christ potential. You want to break through in money, you got to get hardcore with it. You want to break through with healing, you have to study everything you can, you can get your hands on, listen to everything that that's available to you. You got to do your inner work. That means you calling the UFBL prayer line, Unity prayer line, Centers for Spiritual Living prayer line, and anybody else's prayer line that can work with what you agree with in consciousness. You do it. You listen to every meditation CD or download that you can. You do what Ever it takes to get your breakthrough. Don't play with your time. So I, I can read all of these, all of this stuff, and there's a lot of stuff in this chapter I'm gonna end up leaving behind, and I apologize for that. So by the way, work with page 71, 70 and 71, where he talks about some different scriptures. If anything stands out, use them. So so I can use this last minute to say what I need to say. Sometimes you got to you got to get so focused on that which you desire that other stuff just has to be put aside temporarily. Not forever, because we ha we have to be holistic. But if you knew you were running for a marathon. You know, you just can't show up the day of the marathon and, you know, you can't go running every other week. When you're preparing for a marathon, many times you got to practice five out of the seven days at least. When you know that you have to compete at a high level, uh, people who who try out for the Olympics practice every day for four years just to try out uh, a, a swimmer or a, a track runner might run or practice. And the difference is a tenth of a second. That might be the difference between your demonstration. So don't play with it. Get focused. Do what you need to do. Read the next chapter next week, spirituality or praise it, prayer and praise, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms.
Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Within you is a divine spark. As you feed your mind, body, and spirit with inspiration, the spark becomes a flame. Unity Online Radio provides the fuel to ignite your passion, creativity, and more during our special Ignite Your Life series. Tune into the series at unityonlineradio.org slash ignite. Connect with your source and ignite your life. That's unityonlineradio.org slash ignite. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God. You are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift, heal, and comfort them. As you send this radiance on, you are filled with a new sense of God's power, and you release this power to the whole world to uplift, guide, and bless all people. A day's tasks await you. But God is with you, and with God's help, all shall be done perfectly. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Ever notice that there might be something not quite right, but you just can't put your finger on it? We may describe it as an inner stirring a restlessness, a yearning to find our way home to our heart and higher purpose. Some of us may feel like we are living on borrowed time, that despite our accomplishments, what was once so important to us now just feels empty and meaningless. If you find your heart longing, wanting, looking for a path home to authenticity and purpose, join us for transformation, inspiration, hope, and possibility. Move toward your higher calling. Listen to The Call of Spirit with Evelyn Foreman and tune in to Possibility every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time here on Unity Online Radio. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die... 
they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.